Let the fun begin. Welcome back to TBR Lowdown. We're getting ready to get spicy. (laughs) Naomi and Hemi. (laughs) Well, uh, let's start off. We have an episode today that is going to piss off people and we frankly don't care. Not all the people, just some of the people. We're going to hit you in your feels. We're going to hit you in your feels and talk about popular books that y'all love. And we personally hate. Yes. Just like yes. hate. Like hate. Like, loathe. like hate. we were pulling up reviews because we want to go through some five-star reviews on Goodread and, Goodreads. And I think we both just muttered the same things to each other beforehand that we're like, why does this have so many reviews? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so yes. mm-hmm. the gremlin apparently came out of me. Yeah, I'm I'm ready for it. Put on your yeah, seatbelt, folks. You ready to get salty? I'm already salty. Salty, salty sea dog reviews. I'm like, okay, all righty. Mm. If you say so, but I read that book, <laughs> and that is not what I read. Um, I also desperately need a shower, so I'm glad this is the last episode that we are recording today. Yay! Okay, just wanted to share that all with you <laughs> because it is a good time. Mm-mm-mm. <laughs> Anywho, do you want to kick it off with what you are currently reading or have recently finished? Yes. Uh, let's see. I recently finished one of the books long listed for the Women's Prize, and that is The Book of Mother by Violaine Hussman. And, and that's translated from the French, right? It was translated from the French by Leslie Camhai. I hope I'm saying sure. that right. Sure. So this is a very short book. Uh, I didn't realize it was this short, but it's, you know, under like 215 pages. But uh, so we're following a mother and her two daughters. The mother has had a few marriages. Uh, After her third marriage um, dissolves into divorce, she has a, a breakdown and is institutionalized, you know, because she's having some mental health issues and gripping with what's going on in her life. And so she's gone for a while from her daughter's life. And when she comes back, oh my, things have really gone off the rails. She is one of those mothers where she's extremely fun. She's super loving and nurturing until she's not. (laughs) It's almost like someone flips a switch And within an instant, she's gone from this fun mom who's doing all the fun things and giving you all the hugs and kisses to either mentally abusing you or physically abusing you. And at the same time, because these daughters have seen and continue to see how fragile their mother is, they have this feeling that it is their job to make their mother happy to keep her alive. Nope. And this, sorry, <laughs> this is what they feel and what they go through from childhood through adulthood, which is an incredible burden. And you feel that when you're reading this book. 
And it is such a shocking feeling when you're reading it. And she's going from being this wonderful, loving, idealistic mother to being incredibly cruel and incredibly abusive. It's like a whiplash. So I found this book to be, I'm going to say heartbreaking because of all of the pressure that these sisters were under and trying to quote unquote, save their mother. I can't imagine how that must feel to love your mom and want your mom to be around and feeling like if not for you, she may not survive. So I did, I think that the author did a fantastic job at really putting you in the minds and the hearts of these two daughters. Uh, so you can really feel what they're, um, grippling with. It was, it was wonderful. I, I do highly recommend the book of mother by Violaine Hussman translated from the French by Leslie Cammy. Maybe it's just Cammy. K C A M H I. Sure. Yeah. Um, I don't know how to say anybody's name. I barely know how to say my own. Um, I need to read that then. Cause I got that from William Morrow a while back. Now it feels, and now it's been shortlisted or longlisted. For it wasn't things. shortlisted, just longlisted for the women's prize. Longlisted for the women's mm-hmm. prize. And I need to, I do need to get to it since it is so short. I know mm-hmm. that you've read it. Uh, it did sound really interesting. I remember when I got the list from William Morrow, I was like, ooh, interesting. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so I have to get to that one. Um, I have, I don't own this book. I, I listened to this uh, recently. I was listening to this when I went down to see you last weekend. So this is The Water Cure by Sophie McIntosh. And this is a weird little book that I wasn't sure how this was going to go. And I'm still not really sure how I feel about it. So this, I'll give you the description. It says, King has tenderly staked out a territory for his wife and three daughters, Grace, Leah, and Skye. Here on his island, women are protected from the chaos and the violence of men on the mainland. The cult-like rituals and therapies they endure fortified them from the spreading toxicity of of a degrading world. But when King disappears, two men and a boy wash ashore, the sisters' safe world begins to unravel over the span of one blistering hot week a psychological cat and mouse game plays out sexual tensions and sibling rivalries rivalries flare up as the sisters are forced to confront the amorphous threat of the the strangers represent a a haunting and riveting debut blah blah it's a facially poetic feminist revenge fantasy that's a startling reflection of our time Hmm. now there are parts of it that i really like that revenge bit yeah that part's really nice. Um, and I don't want to give anything away because there's all kinds of twists and turns. But there is that revenge aspect of it. And that part is kind of badass. And I kind of like that. There, But I felt like there was a piece of... And I don't know if gothic is the right term. But that mm. atmospheric gothic like thriller mystery thing mm-hmm. is kind of where this is leaning. And I needed more interesting from that um for some reason there was just like something missing and it's not that the author didn't try there was just a little piece missing that made me maybe feel like it was believable but the whole time you're reading it until the facts start to come out you're just you don't believe anything you're being told you're so not sure Mm. of what the truth is and i love that unsettling feeling when you're reading so that was very very good um 
but it's definitely a ride and it's pretty short. I can't remember. Uh, it's like, yeah, 288 pages. So it's a pretty short book. Yeah. So I, I don't, I still don't know how I feel. Like, I think I'm sitting like middle of the road, like three stars. Cause I'm not sure where I feel like how I feel exactly about it. Like, I'm not mad that I read it. I'm not like overly in love with it, but it is just like, it's a weird story like if you read revelator or roanoke girls or any of these stories where you have women in these weird sort of cultish mm-hmm. family dynamics it's it's got like it's got that but you feel like you're in this dystopian end of days world where like the air is poison except for in the safe space mm. and it's just it's it it feels more post apocalyptic dystopian than it actually is, um, and that's not really a reveal because you kind of know that there's something not right about the story that's getting told to you, right? But it's the way like the actual reality of it. It's it's it was interesting. It was definitely an interesting read. Uh, I don't think I need to own it, so I'm glad I just borrowed it from the library and listened to it. But it, it's a it's a it's a read, man. Um, and the things that men do talks it does speak to the things that men do to women's bodies and to women's like women in general and how um we really do need to protect ourselves. We don't need to be protected from men. We need to protect ourselves Absolutely. and have be empowered. Um and to know what's really going on. So mm-hmm. like they don't a lot of what happens to these daughters is because and the mother is because they end up being either brainwashed or sheltered from the truth. Yeah. So it's it, it's very definitely very interesting. And then as like facts, I think it just could have maybe been a little longer. There's some stuff with um these women who used to come to the island to the house that they could have dug deeper into, I guess, where it almost sounds like they were like this king, his, the dad, like King was like, was he a doctor to them? Was he a psychoanalyst to them? Like, okay. What exactly was happening there? It's, it's, there's like a lot of little mysteries and things. Um, it's definitely interesting. I saw that. I saw that book on a couple of those sad girl lit uh, book lists. And I was like, Oh, Okay. I don't know if I would put that into sad girl lit though, because like, yeah, it's sad, but as we discussed, like in how mm-hmm. I think of sad girl lit, that's not what I think about it. That's, right. this is more like, I don't know, just like gothic thriller horror. What are you doing, Doug? Gothic horror or something like that. It's more in that, but like feminist gothic where mm-hmm. you get like, you get that like revenge plot that goes through it at some point. I don't know. It, Interesting. Mm. Water, like I wouldn't put cure. it on this yeah the water cure I don't think I would put it like on the same shelf as like my year of rest and relaxation I mean it, those are certainly doesn't yeah different books like they're two very different vibes I mean when so, you say it's something like the Roanoke Girls which I did read yeah that's not giving me sad girl lit vibes yeah and I think you know Roanoke I mean? Girls is, is a lot more like contemporary YA yes than this is but it's got that same like there's this weird family dynamic with a yeah. male in your family. Uh, the Revelator was the same sort of way with like these weird secrets with the women and that atmospheric, weird, something's not quite right here 
I don't believe what they're telling me vibe is is what's going on in the water cure. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. All yeah, right. So if anyone's read it, I'd love to talk to somebody about it because it was definitely like an interesting book and I haven't, I don't know where I heard of it. That's the problem. It's like, I need to get better about noting where I hear about these random things that I then put on like Libby, like Libby holds and then they come on in and I'm like, Ooh, what's this? <laughs> Cause I've forgotten <laughs> like who mentioned it. <laughs> like, oh, that's funny. Oh, that's hilarious. I don't think I really keep track of, I mean, I, I keep track of, what my favorites recommend to me. Like they have their own shelves on my Goodreads. See, I don't do any of that. I'm not organized. We discussed this today (laughs) at nauseam. I just exist in the world and fly by the seat of my pants. (laughs) We did discuss that. Okay. But it all works out somehow. (laughs) All right. Well, let's get it going. I'm, um, (laughs) I'm excited to make people mad. What (laughs) fandom would you like to insult first, Naomi? (laughs) Oh, you want me to go first? I will happily go first. I don't care. I'll go first. I don't give a shit. All right. So as Alyssa said, we're going to be talking about popular books that y'all love and that we hate. And And I don't think that either of us are going to pick the same book, actually. So probably not. But the number one, we're going to salt four different fandoms now. That's fine. The number one book on my list is Shatter Me by Tahara, Tahira Tahira (laughs) Mafi. How do you say Tahara Mafi? Is that right? I I hope that's right. So we, we, (laughs) we have this book group. It's a lot smaller now, but we read this two years ago. Something like that. It was a lot of us. And we, a, a lot of them, love this book and so we all buddy read it they wanted to reread it again they encouraged us to read it with them so we buddy read it and this jesus have mercy how many books did you make it i made it two i made it to two and a, one and a half i read half of the second book i was like f this i can't i can't but that's what i'm going to talk about book one but i this was a terrible book i <laughs> Not, it wasn't even good terrible. Like there's terrible YA that you just like because for whatever reason you connect to it. No, no, th- it, it no. this there's no likability for me with this book. The story is stupid. The writing is god awful. The audiobook is also terrible. Every aspect of this book and the audiobook is horrible. I don't care how many of you keep trying to convince me that this book is good. I think you all are crazy. This book is What's terrible. crazy to me is that they like basically made her, the fandom basically made her keep writing in this space. She should never have listened to them. I cannot believe this book has so many, this series has so many books. What is it? Four books? Five books? I don't know. Why are you asking me? I don't like it. I just, <laughs> I just, okay. So as we said, we're also going to be like reading a review off of Goodreads from someone or else like about a couple of reviews, depending on how long this they is are. long. So I'm going to, going to, going to do one, but okay, this is the review. I'm going to leave the, the person's name out. This person gave it five stars. Mm, kooky. Mm-hmm. She says, <laughs> she says, all right, listen up folks. She kooky. says, listening to the audiobook of shadow me was a monumental experience, which kept me company during a long road trip. For starters, I was hypnotized by the narrator's voices, and I reckon they fit perfectly to the characters in terms of their age. Considering that a narrator, mm -hmm, consider that a narrator (laughs) can make or break a book, picking narrators whose voice could belong to teenage characters and are not 
annoying to listen to resulting in your not being able to keep up with the pace of the book is the main reason why I gave it five stars. The story takes place in a dystopian world, suffering the appalling repercussions of diseases and unprecedented contamination. Julia. Okay. That's the synopsis part. What adds to the hype surrounding the book is the romance and more specifically the love triangle between Juliet Adam, a soldier who knew her back when they were children and went to the same school as she did and Warner, the soldier in the highest military hierarchy who was obsessed with Juliet and struggled to persuade her to join him and abide by his plan to rule the world. The writing was plain and the abundance of empty metaphors was insufferable to some extent. Juliet was kind of immature and aggravated at some points. Something that can this be over- a five star review. Something that can be overlooked judging from her age. Other than that, the plot was pretty innovative and the suspense kept me enthralled to the very end of the book. The plot was not overshadowed by the love triangle. In fact, I kept oscillating between choosing Warner and Adam respectively as Juliet's love interest. Choose nobody. Let everybody die of the plague. I mean, I, what? Hold up. I'm sorry. I'm going to skip the next two paragraphs and read the final paragraph. Mm-hmm. I had not expected to love this this book half as much as I did and cannot wait to lay my hands on the second book in the series, narrated by Warner. Get into his head and understand his motives for acting like a psychopath. Let me, let me, okay. I, I also did, I was shocked that I loved it half, I, you know, as half as much as I did. I can't believe I didn't hate it even more. <laughs> well, the reason why I chose this review is not because she just loved the book, but she also loved the audiobook. And I found the audiobook to be god awful. Just god It was one of the most annoying audiobooks I've ever listened to. You need to w- listen to The Beautiful by um, Renee Audier. That is the worst audiobook I'm going to pass. I have ever listened to in my entire life. And I don't think that anything else can touch it. Yeah, this is this is terrible. So anyway, that's that's uh, shatter me. <laughs> anyway, that's shatter me. Yeah. Um, yeah I mean, no, listen, I just... fight me in the comments, folks. <laughs> fight me in the comments. <laughs> I said what I said. No, um, <laughs> I, I said what I said. I said what I said. I just OK, I love a good like inappropriate romance. And by inappropriate, I mean, like you should hate this person. But for some reason in the literary space Mm -hmm. you want to bank them Mm -hmm. like in the real world you would be like no sir back off but in a book you're like "Mm -hmm. yes yes give me Mm -hmm. that give me that for some reason this is sexy today your mostly abusive psychopath behavior is sexy in this book no i did not get that from shatter me i did not have that feeling with shatter me no i spent plenty of time in adult romance having that that feeling where I understand as an adult woman, a grown mm-hmm. ass adult, that this is a fantasy world. And if it was reality, it would be emotional abuse and I would not be doing this, but it's okay that I find it sexy in this book. I never got there with Shatter Me. And maybe we're old. I don't know. But I mean, I am old. I mean, and I, and I said, you know, in our group, I was like, I'm too old for this book. Like, I think I was too old for it when it came out, though, and that's the problem. I mean, I never heard of it until our group talked about it, so that should, that was just completely off my that's radar. How because old that's how are. yeah, because that's how old I am. Like it was never even on my radar. So it's it's definitely not written for me. Okay, yeah. I I understand that. That being said, I still think the writing's terrible. It just it's terrible. I'm sorry, it just is. 
You know, a book cannot be for you, but the writing could still be good. You know, but that I didn't find that to be the case. Not at all. Mm-mm. Okay, your turn. <sighs> Ready? Okay. Uh, the Night Circus is garbage. It is a hot, steaming pile of beautifully written sentences that somehow have become a pile of turds. Garbage. I hate this book so much. And I knew I loved Jesus. When I found out that some ex-girlfriend made him read it and he, he also loads this book with the core of his being and we will wow. go through a book. We will go through bookstores and when we come upon it because it is much beloved for some God forsaken reason and we will both go. Uh, we will make jokes. We will pull it out and be like, you want to read The Night Circus? And he's like, fuck no. And so <laughs> we hate this book. It is it, the whole household loathes this book. No, thank That's, you. I didn't know that Absolutely he read it not. too. Yes, because he had this girlfriend uh, that at some point prior to me, obviously, because why would he have her during me? And I don't know, maybe he would. Um, and she, she like made him, I think she gave him the book because he had it at some point. We both have had it and have unhauled it. And he uh, and he like made her, re- she like made him read it. Um, and he hated it so much. And that's probably some of the reason they didn't. They didn't make it because the books, the book choice, man, the book choice is bad. That's um, so funny. But it's just, I will say, my, my positive, my, my compliment sandwich is Aaron Morgenstern is a fantastic writer. Right. This book is garbage. I really loved The, the Starless Star Sea. Sea. It's a wonderful Compliment book. sandwich. Compliment sandwich. It's, you know, that's what you're supposed to do when you give criticism. I'm being I'm being kind. Now we're going to read some reviews and I'm going to shit on them because I don't know what's wrong with these people. Well, I um, can't compliment Shatter Me because I have never read any of those by her and I never will. Don't, don't worry. I'm not complimenting the next one. So. Um, if I could trade places with anyone in the world, anyone, literally anybody in the world, this person would, it would be with someone experiencing this book for the first time. Really? (laughs) Not a billionaire, not someone getting to have sex with Henry Cavill. Nope. With somebody reading this pile of garbage for the first time. Okay. Uh, I have quite honestly never had the pleasure of reading a more beautiful book. You need to read more. Um, (laughs) I want to go back to the beginning and read it all over again. I just have no words. I have many. I'll say them for you. It's trash. Wow. Um, I just as magically romantic and breathtakingly enchanting the second time around. It is not romantic. It is about a clock. Like, stop telling me this is a romance. Like, there's barely any, like, they don't even meet until that's like 200 pages into the book. It is not a romance. Stop trying to sell this as a romance. It's not a romance. I'm tired of it. I hate this book. Can you tell I hate this book? I hate this book with a passion. And I just, I I, I don't know. I don't know what you people are reading. Like it is beautifully written. Yes. But you are trying to sell me on this, on this bag of lies that it is a romance. It is not a romance. It is literally about a clock. It's about a clock. Naomi, you need to read it. They spend more time talking about this fucking clock than they do in anything else. It's about a clock. This book's about a clock. Oh, okay. I was looking for my copy. I found it. Okay. Mm. Mine's gone. I'm going to read it. I mean, I really want to read it this year because I. You're going to come back and you're going to be like, but I loved it, Alyssa. It was just so beautiful. Here's the thing. 
I think that the concept of what you sold, the, 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 the thing that sold me on this book was this idea of this like circus that just shows up and this like battle between these sort of musicians building these worlds within the circus, like to greater, like there are things in there that like, I was like, yeah, this sounds like it could be so cool. Okay. I just no. got the audiobook. It was tedious. I wanted to kill myself. It was awful. I hated it. It's like the worst. It makes me viscerally angry and I want to throw every book I see in a bookstore across the table. I hate it. All right. I just got the audiobook, so I'm going to uh, read it this week. She's going to love it. Watch. She's going to love it. She's going to absolutely love it. I mean, maybe, maybe not. Maybe, maybe not. You know, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. You're going to be like, but Alyssa, it's just so stunningly romantic. I mean, we'll see. People that never even talk to each other but are in love. No, they're not. They're not in love. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) They have the chemistry of like, I don't know, two wet socks. It's not. Wow. Wow. Two wet socks. Jeez. I hate this book. I'm upsetting somebody. And I know that lots of people love it, but... I, but I, it's I, a very polarizing book. I never hear, like, in the middle of the road type of reviews, either people adore this book like no other, or they hate it with every part of their being. There's I never an in-between for this book. every fiber of my being, I hate this book. Yeah, and there's never an in-between. Uh, I... Uh, that one woman would like to trade places with somebody experiencing it again. I would like to go back in time and get back. I would like to erase it from my memory. I wish I never knew this book existed. You want to reclaim your time? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to reclaim. I want to reclaim my time. I want to reclaim all the 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 hate. I I, I want to put back in my life something positive. I don't. I, I no. I wish it. Oh, never I can't. Existed I can't wait to get to this. Okay, I can't wait to get to this. All right. Okay, now for my second book. Yes. It is The Guest List by Lucy Foley. Oh, I do dislike that book, but I don't have any strong opinions on it. Now, let me be very clear in saying that I was very excited for the release of this book. And when it was one of the book of the month choices, I was like, yippee, and I added it to my cart. And that book arrived and I was so psyched to read it. And this one particular beautiful, you know, Saturday afternoon, I was like, you know what? I am in the mood for a good mystery. Let me crack open the guest list. <sighs> I wish I would have never gotten this book. <laughs> I, I DNF'd it. I never even finished it. I, I just did not I care. DNF'd it. I DNF'd it. I think I like the bomb it. went off and I was like, yeah, I don't care. I gave this book about... <laughs> I gave this book about 100 pages and I DNF'd it because I have never been more uninterested in a plot, a character more than this book. I didn't care about anything going on in this book. I didn't care about anyone in this book. It was so boring. My eyeballs dried up. I just, I don't understand what you girls are talking about when you're like, Oh, this is like, the perfect mystery. I'm like, where? Yeah, I didn't care. Where? I, I cared I about interested. nothing and no one in this book. She failed to grab me on any level. I gave it 100 pages. Nothing. I don't know what I gave it. <laughs> so I DNF'd it and then I did a giveaway and gave it to someone else. 
but y'all stand Lucy Foley. So like, I know she's got the other book called what the hunting party. And then she's got that new book, the Paris apartment. I will not read them. She won't bore me to tears again. I think I might have the Paris part. My mom gives me these things. So I might have the Paris apartment. I I just, what? I'm not interested. Some sometimes for me, if I'm reading an author for the first time and they turn me off to this degree, I will like block them from my mind. <laughs> I won't try anything else from her. I'm yeah. I'm okay. In my spirit, I'm okay with never reading Lucy Foley again. I think you know, life will go on. That is fine. There are enough other books and authors in this world to bring you joy. We get one trip around this fucking on this fucking weird planet in the sky. And like we can we we can we can choose the things that make us happy. Yeah. And yeah. leave aside the things that don't. I just yeah. want you to notice that there's a tiny mercy tail just hanging out back here. I want to Okay. Oh, this is a nice short. No, this isn't a good enough review. Let me read this review here. Um, this is a five-star rating. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to skip some parts because she's got some quotes in here and I'm, I'm not going down that road. Um, <laughs> well, she has a lot of quotes in here. Okay. She stands this book. I mean, she really does. <laughs> So it says, set in an ominous atmosphere on a remote island in Ireland the, that you can only arrive at by boat ride and a rocky, nauseating journey at that. The wedding takes place in an old, eerie place that never hosted a wedding before and is exchanging a lower weight rate for fame. It is beautiful, yet... Wait, is this another quote? Maybe. Okay, this is full of quotes. Never mind. I'm sorry. That was not a good one, guys. That's not a good one. Here's a short one. What? Excuse me? Oh my God. This was a work of art. I need everyone to go and pick this up now. Do what you must, folks. But just know, <laughs> just know I didn't tell you to do it. I did not tell you to pick up that book. Yeah. I, yeah. I just I just can't. And people are raving about the Paris apartment. But like, I don't trust you guys. I don't trust you all. Sorry. I don't know. I need my, I don't know. I need more for my thrillers than Riley Sager or Lucy Foley can give me. Um, I, yeah. I used to read a lot of thrillers. Like I went through, like, I feel like for some people that's a phase you go through in reading where you start to really get into thrillers. And then at some point they start to become way too predictable and cookie cutter. Cause you've read too many thrillers. So then you get to this point. It's like, you're some sort of like, I don't know like heroin addict or something. And so you need something more to give you that high that you get from a thriller. And there just aren't enough books Mm. that really like fuck you up. Like I want you making me question my own existence. Like that's where I, that's the level I want to be at. I want you making me feel like, wait, (laughs) Mm. I don't trust my own mind at this point. What did you just, what did you just do? Uh, I need Mm. more. Mm, interesting because there's there's subsets of thrillers right yeah yeah so maybe I like, you thrive more off of a psychological thriller i need i need more i need you to fuck me up at this point i can't i can't i you need to up the ante for me i can't just have like you either have to give me like a, just like a nice cozy mystery that's just like cozy warm hug or you need to fuck me up mm. i need to be like slightly scared and unsettled or just like my jaw hits the floor because I'm like, 
wait, what? <laughs> uh-huh. If anyone has any recs for those kinds of thrillers, let us know. Yeah. Uh, the only thing I can think of uh, right off the top of my head is Alex Six, which was sent to me by the author. And he's it's an indie, it's an indie thriller. And it is very bro. Like, it's very bro-y. But I think the, the character is supposed to be kind of bro-y. I and remember when you were reading that. And it's just... Like, it's not for everyone. There's a ton of, cri- like, trigger warnings. But, man, it is a trip. <laughs> I remember you this it person it. Yeah. is insane. And it is glorious. Love it. Um, so, I mean, I I would, yeah. If you, if you are, like, if you feel like me, maybe give that a try. Yeah, I have not read a lot of thrillers. So. I, I went through a, a thriller phase. So, yeah. Interesting. And okay. then... All right, so my last one, my last one. This is, is this going to be a shorter episode? It's going to be a shorter episode for you. We're keeping it short so we don't traumatize you too much. Well, you know. Um, totally alienate our fan base. Uh- <laughs> Join in on the hate. Uh, also, before I say my last one, which I don't think is going to be terribly um, shocking to anybody, um, tell us what books you hate. What books do you feel like you're supposed to like? Because everybody in the book sphere is talking about how lovely they are, mm-hmm. but you absolutely loathe them. I we, I love I love a good hate. I love a good rant. I love a good like tell me why you dislike something. I, I one of my favorite things is reading one star reviews of books I love. Like I just I like I want to have like arguments in my head with imaginary people. Anyway, I don't know what that says about me. Anyway. I just like when you're going <laughs> against like what everybody else is saying and thinking because I do think that a lot of times people are afraid to dislike a book that everybody else likes. Yeah, it's weird though because it's like very reading weird. is so absolutely personal and mm-hmm. not everything is gonna like, appeal to everybody. Right. And- yeah. Can I also say one other thing that also I think is kind of weird and like slightly irritates me mm-hmm. when someone is reading a popular book and they don't like it and they say, I feel bad for not liking it because everybody else does. I think that's very weird. I'm fairly certain I've said that, but like, yeah, it is a really weird thing to say. Yeah. Like your pizza's here. It's like, why would you, why would pizza? you care? Is there pizza? This is what goes in her. There it is. It's her favorite. I, I, I just feel pizza. like, why do you care that you don't like a popular book? Like, it doesn't matter. It's very Sometimes strange. I really want to like something because I know so many people love it. But but that's I different than don't. someone saying, I feel bad for not liking it. Yeah. That's different. Speaking of books I really wanted to like, but I only keep because I want to remember that I don't ever want to read this series ever again and that would be dune by frank herbert i fucking hate dune i i don't understand why people love it as much as they do today um i can't go back in time and read it when it came out and see how it became some sort of groundbreaking science fiction Mm -hmm. um series at the time of, of its publishing because i don't have a time machine so i can only read it today and most of the time i was reading it my number one thought was, is this racist? Like, <laughs> I couldn't figure out, like, because he keeps talking about, like, sand people. And there's a lot of, like, vaguely Islamic things going on. Ooh, okay. And there's this whole thing with, like, the, um, oh, God, what's it called? The spice. And it's, like, black. And it's black. And the black spice is, like, it's the spice what? oil. Are we talking about, are you being racist? Like, what is happening? I, I could not 
get that thought out of my head the entire time I was reading it. And it really ruined any any chance of me liking the book because I shouldn't be going through a book and going, is this, is this racist? Um, <laughs> so wow. that I couldn't do. And then also it's just what what is happening? We've talked about this before, you and I, on the channel and 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 and, and I'm sorry, on the podcast. And um I don't feel like I should wait to the second or third book to understand a series. Oh yeah, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Like I feel like book one, we have started in the middle of something. Like I missed something somewhere. I, I don't get it. Um the best part of Dune is the David Lynch version of it because it's so ridiculously terrible that i love hate watching it Mm. like i just what it is the weird and like there's this it feels like two different books there's this whole thing where what's his face is coming up and and then then uh, you're getting sort of backstory and then suddenly he's like riding space worms and conquering things and it's and it's going real fast it doesn't make any (laughs) sense and i'm like wait what is what and then he's got a sister and you're like where did that come from and it just something turns like halfway through and you're like are these two different stories i i don't know i did not like dune and maybe i don't know maybe i'm dumb i don't know but i did not like dune and i do not get it but this gentleman on goodreads wrote a rather lengthy five-star review oh my it starts with dune is often considered a masterpiece of 20 20th century american science fiction in part the book owes its reputation to the film adaptation david lynch directed in the early 1980s which by the way david lynch didn't finish this because he hated it even though it's considered it's he hated it he never continued on it's not one of his best works anyway frank herbert wrote a novel of epic proportions in other words a space opera with the its intergalactic feudal society its decadent if not evil empire and its band of rebels the book was published some 10 years before the first installments of star wars series indeed a Along with Asimov's overrated foundation stories, it was George Lucas's primary source of information. Ugh. Uh, one of the most exciting aspects of Herbert's creation is the multicultural world he depicts. Is it multicultural or is he just is he just co-opting different cultures and wow. then sort of butchering them and it's kind of racist? Uh, for each of these cultures, Herbert borrowed traits from their traditions, ancient or contemporary. He knew well in reality um, especially from the Middle East, in particular, Paul Atreides and the, the Maudib's story among the freemen is redolent of historic, the historic events around T.E. Lawrence and the Arab revol- revolt against the Ottoman Empire. And Paul's crusade on Arrakis is told as though it were an ancient history in the Chronicles by the Princess of Arulian uh, to start each chapter. It's just, I don't think... I, I, I think he's appropriating. I don't think he's calling on things. And why can't you just create something new instead of like right. just co-opting people's history and then using it like it... No, you didn't come up with it. Oh, sorry, I hate it. Uh, Herbert describes his fictional world and characters in great detail, which contributes to the richness of his narrative. Does he? Because half the time I don't know what's going on. But I found these descriptions somewhat boring. Yes, because it is. Especially the middle of the book is a bit dragging for that reason. In my view, the most impressive parts of this novel are the dialogues where Herbert simultaneously reveals what the characters are saying and thinking. Isn't that the point? 
Anyway, oh my God. this technique lends a sense of duplicity and scheming to almost every interaction. Everyone is plotting one way or another so that the whole thing ends up being like a great Shakespearean play. But isn't that the point of like almost every sci-fi and fantasy you have plotting, scheming, politics, these like yes. he's like what? Yes. Okay, maybe it was revolutionary when it came out, but reading as a modern day reader, it's it is it is no. I'm sorry. I, I just no. You can use it as inspiration. Really you can tell me book response. You can tell. No, there's still more. It keeps going. Um, you know, he keeps going. Everyone is plotting one way or another, so that the whole thing ends up being like a great Shakespearean play with dialogues and asides, tyrants, uh, and pretenders. What confirms the suppression is not only the theme of the exiled duke as see as you like it king lear or the tempest but also the repeated scenes of fencing duels throughout with feints and poison tips uh, a clear allusion to the endings of hamlet and Macbeth, and then he gives a whole bunch of random shit like no like wow okay first of all sir you spent too much time with this text and no like uh, it's a no for me i know a lot of people love it there's people who absolutely love this series i maybe if i if i felt compelled to go on i would love this series but i don't i don't feel compelled to devote uh, uh, any more of my time there's plenty of other wonderful 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 series out there for me to read well as you know you know i too have planned on reading dune and then one day i was like no i don't want to read it i'm not going to read it i pass and again I'm okay with it. Life will go on. I'm fine. I've got the Expanse series. And it is like the joy of my heart. I cannot wait to start book seven. Yeah. You know. I have to, I have to do that soon. My my audiobook's going to expire. Like good, good, um, on you, good on you folks who love Dune. But, I, you know. It's not for me. It is not. My, I, 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 I do like the David Lynch book uh, movie because I think it's terrible. And I like watching bad movies and shitting on them. <laughs> Yeah. But that's more for the activity of watching a bad movie. Right. Are you going to watch the Dune that came out, what was it, last year or this year, whenever it was? I thought about it, but then I I don't care anymore. (laughs) I love it. Okay. I feel like I would like to give an honorable mention. Ooh, to what? To anxious people. (gasps) I haven't read it yet. But I hate you shitting on Bachman. I love Bachman. I do not like Bachman. Um, oh. I DNF'd Beartown. And DNF- I, I wait, DNF'd. Wait, you DNF'd Beartown? Yeah, Beartown was the first book that I tried to read from him a couple years ago. And I DNF'd it. I was like, I do not get it. I, again, bored, don't care, moving on. You're going back to the library. And then the publisher sent me Anxious People. And I read that book, the whole book. And I was like, this book is mediocre at best. Mediocre at best. You just. Uh, so I just, I just, uh, I decided after reading Anxious People. Next you're going to tell me, you know what I don't like? Pride and Prejudice. I think it's just, it's, it's such trash. <laughs> Pride and Prejudice was fine, but like, I don't think about it. I never think about Pride and Prejudice. It was fine. I think about Pride and Prejudice like every day of my life. I don't think about it. You Jane Austen, whatever girl, you guys are just, I don't know. It's fine. Pride and Prejudice is fine. But like once I read it, I was like, okay, well, that that happened. That happened, you know? But after, after, you have all the Pride and Prejudice things. (laughs) But you're an Austen stan. 
I know it's part of my personality. I know. Yeah, you're an awesome stand. But 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 after I read Anxious People, I just decided, you know what? Bachman's not the author for me. I mean, that's fine. Yeah, he's not the author for me. So, you know. I respect it, but I don't have to like it. For those, there's going to be people in the comments, oh, but you got to read this. No, I don't. And I'm not going to. <laughs> I'm just telling you right now, I, I have no desire to read anything else with Frederick Bachman. And I only read things I have a desire to read. So just putting it out there. Y'all are going to recommend stuff by him. But you didn't read this and you didn't read that. The app, correct. And I'm not going and to. And I don't want to. I'm Aww. not going to. <laughs> That's fine. I will read all of the things you wish Naomi would have read. Yeah, she Bachman. likes the Bachman. Okay, you just picked up book two, right? From, uh, what is it? This is, what you is You against us. Yes. Us against you. Look, I was yeah. fully prepared. I had got, I got Beartown and the second book from the library. I was fully prepared to go into it and love it. And it just, you know, it didn't. It didn't dazzle me at all. So it's fine. That's my honorable mention. <sighs> I don't really have an honorable mention right now because I'm hurt. <laughs> but I, I left your book off the list. What's my book? Six of Crows. Fuck you. Well, the only reason why I didn't Fuck. put it on my list is Fuck. because I told Fuck. you Fuck that you. I was going to reread it. Now we're going to fight. No, we're not. Because I told you I was going to reread it. Did I you even read Crooked Kingdom? Did you? Did no. You get your why would I read that when I didn't like Six of Crows? <laughs> Don't stare off in the space. So here's the thing. So yeah, it's maybe maybe towards the end of the year. Like I'll read it again. I'll get it from my library since I unhauled my copy. It's okay. It's okay. We're just, we're just. So that's why it's not on this list. That's why it's not a, it's not a nothing because I, I want to reread it. At least folks, we know she doesn't totally hate me. I don't. I love her dearly. So, Even though. trying to make me cry on the internet. I, I don't want her to cry on the interwebs. W wouldn't be the on first the time internet. On the internet. So on these internets. <laughs> So anyway, let's end this because I don't, I mean, I think I make it very clear the books I don't like. So you can probably guess some things I would throw in as honorable mentions, but I just do. And then the night yeah. circus, they just, they just, I don't, I don't get it. Yes. Yeah. I've been sitting on this floor for too long today. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, but we've watched Mercy and she hasn't had any accidents in the house today. So. There's that. And she's told me every time she's wanted to go out. So maybe we're rehousebreaking her. We love it. Yes. So anyway, so what is a book recommendation that you have? Oh, just this lovely little book that I read last week called One Italian Summer by Rebecca Surley. She's the author. Cyril. That, is it Cyril? I believe so. Okay, Rebecca Cyril. She's the author that wrote in five years. And this is out now from Atria. Thank you, Atria, for this beautiful finished copy. I tried to read one of her books and I'll never read her again because she bored the fuck out of me. Oh, this, well, this, I can't, never, <laughs> it's the perfect choice for this episode. For I've me never to go, read her yeah, before. no, I got to I've never read her before, so I can't speak to anything else, but I really love this book and it made me think about my mom the whole time. It just, well, I'm glad that you liked it. It grabbed me. So um, this is Katie. We're following Katie. Katie was extremely close to her mother. They were best friends. They had a really special close bond. Her mother was wonderful. Um, 
sweet, kind, energetic, super loving, just a wonderful woman all the way around. Her, her mother gets cancer and dies. But before she died, Katie and her mom had planned on going to Italy. The mom wanted to show Katie, um, where, where was it at? Uh, she wanted to show her... Oh, what? Oh, she wanted to take her talking to, about the Amalfi, Amalfi Coast. Yeah, she wanted to go to the Amalfi okay. Coast. And this is why you guys were talking her, about that the other day. Yes. And take her to okay. Pagatano <laughs> because she had lived there for a while and she really wanted her to see that place to kind of, you know, talk about those wonderful years that she spent there. So anyway, so after the mom dies, she decides to go on this trip anyway. She's, you know, she's grieving. She needs to get away. She's in a place where her mom has died and now she just doesn't know which way is up. She feels like also like she wants to leave her husband. She's just going through all the things. So she goes to Positano and when she gets there, she goes on this little like day trip the next day, I believe. And she runs into a woman who was actually her mother. What? Yes. She runs into her mother. It's like time travel. So now she's back in the time when her mother was in Positano living her life. This woman. Okay. So I read the dinner list and mm-hmm. she just likes to do like some weird funky stuff. And I just didn't buy it in the dinner list, but you, you bought it in one Italian summer. It just, I, maybe it's the mother daughter thing that gets me. I just kept thinking about my mom the whole time. I just loved it. I thought it was nice. She got to spend this time with her mother while her mom was like living her life during this time. She found out some things that kind of like crushed her. It was kind of devastating to her. Um, you know, but it worked itself out in the end. And I, yeah, I bought a hook, line, and sinker. I thought it was delightful. Okay. One right. Italian summer. I, I I tried to read the dinner list and I didn't really jive with it. I made it like halfway through, put it down, and then it sat on my shelves for like ever. And then I got rid of it. Does that have and a then, yellow cover? Uh-huh. And then I did, wasn't interested in the next five years or whatever mm-hmm. the next one was. And then this one came out and I was like, meh. Um, and then recently, I guess, Books with Brittany was reading it. Probably about the same time you were. Because I feel like you guys talked about it in close succession in my brain. Mm-hmm. Uh, because... I was just very confused because I feel like you guys were talking about two very different books because she DNF'd it, I think, because of the aspects of this woman wanting to leave her husband and keeping him in limbo. And she, I think it was like too triggering for her for whatever with her own divorce, which probably mm-hmm. would be too triggering for me because my husband did that to me as well. Um but then you were talking. So I was thinking it was like not about moms. I thought this was about like something about like finding yourself and all this other stuff. And then you're talking to me about it. And I was like, are these the same freaking book? Like they just yeah, felt this- like two different books to me. The husband part. That's a very small part. She's mm-hmm. she's grieving. And she's like, I think I want I think I want to end my marriage. Mm-hmm. But she doesn't really know what she wants. Her mom played a big role in her life, even in her decision making. And she did get married very young, didn't have many experiences. And so now everything is just like, just up in the air. I mean, it's grief. It's yeah. grief, but this is not about her husband. I mean, obviously I have no idea because I have not yeah. read the book. It's, it's, no, this is, this is about her mother and her journey to, you know, getting through the grief and really figuring out what she wants and making these decisions on her own as an adult. It was lovely. All right. Well, that sounds... 
different than whatever I thought it was, but cool. Great. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I have no idea. Cause I just, that author just never, she never really snagged me. Mm-hmm. And I just don't feel like going back there. Cause I, there's plenty of other things to read. I don't need to read her. Yeah. She got um, me with that mom element. She got me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we have different mothers. Um, <laughs> I guess I don't think I've ever talked about this, but since we got another KJ Parker, I'll talk about Prospero's Demon, mm-hmm. uh, which I can't remember if Tor sent this to me or if I got this. But anyway, it is uh, a nice little Tor novella, which, you know, don't spoil it because I have it, but I haven't read it yet. Okay, so there's not a lot to spoil. I think it does actually have a sequel, which I do need to get my hands on at some point. Um, but I'll read you the back, so I'm not spoiling anything. It's an exorcist methods are deli- aren't delicate, but they're undelibly effective. He'll get the demon out. He's just he just doesn't particularly care what happens to the person. His target, Prospero of Sanchez, is a man of science determined to raise the world's first philosopher king reared according to the purest principles too bad he's possessed um it in this pitch dark witty fantasy parker deftly creates a world with vivid unbending rules seething with demons broken faith and bad men prospero Stephen cheerfully and acidically excavates excavates some of western literature's deepest tropes from plato's philosopher king to marlowe and goethe on dr faustus and mistopheles with internal flair it is like one of i think my quintessential tour.com novellas in Mm -hmm. terms of like this is when i think of a tour novella that's coming out this is the kind of caliber and the the depth of this mm-hmm. as as a fantasy novella. Uh, I love it. Like it's just it's so good. It's it's witty and engaging and different, and the cover is banging, and it's short and impactful. And this this is this is if you wanted me to describe a tour novella, it would be like this. Like yeah. this is what a tour novella is like. So, um, yeah. And you're right. I do. I do talk about tour a lot. I love tour so much. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah. So this, this is this is fantastic, and I do think that everyone should read it. It's super short. It's like 100 and something pages, and it's a good. It's a good time. It's just. It's just a good time. Um, and there is a sequel. I can't remember the name of it, and I'm gonna have to get it at some point and get my hands on it. My little mitts on it, and read it. The first time I ever heard about this book was on Bookstagram from, and this is back in 2019 from the artisan geek she does these wonderful photos on her instagram she's so creative but she basically like redid that cover on her on her instagram Uh, like her head was all smoke that has to be it was amazing all right well that's um yeah i hope you still love us after this guys with all the books we just trashed (laughs) but hey Look, every book isn't for everybody. You all know that. And, um, you know, these just do not jive with us. I think that's like a really important thing that we need to just continue to remind ourselves in like the internet piece of books, because I feel like we get really heated sometimes on things for no reason. And we don't need to. They're just they're just books. At the end of the day, other books don't have power, but like they're just books. If you don't like them, you can read a different book exactly. and there are plenty of them in this world i think someone calculated it that there are something like 
a million, like some crazy number of books, and we will never be able to read all the books that have ever been written and will continue to be written. So just find the things that make you happy. That's right. That's so, right. And that's that's the end of it. And I enjoy a good rant. So let me yell about why somebody doesn't like I will never understand why people like Stephen King. It's not going to happen. Right. And yet he is Stephen King. Is I'm not going to take him down. Clearly there's something, but I don't see it. Yeah. And try not to feel pressured to read all of the popular books that everyone else is reading if you really don't want to read them. If you yeah. really don't want to read whatever popular book is being, you know, shoved down your throat at the moment, just don't read Don't read, read them. You know what I mean? Like, you, you don't have to. It's going to be okay. <laughs> so the, I think the most freeing thing is, and I've been taking these steps for a while on Bookstagram, um, and that is not giving a shit about my analytics at all. Um, not caring about engagement, not caring about anything, and just truly enjoying my time in mm -hmm. the space and posting what I want to post. Yeah. And recently, like I've been paring down a lot of things because I obviously don't want to tank all of my analytics because I still still I still do want people to like want to work with me on things and do other stuff. But I've been slowly getting rid of like engagement groups and like changing the kinds of hashtags I use and doing this, that and the other thing. And I have like no engagement now. <laughs> and, like mm -hmm. any of that. But I don't care because now I just I don't have to feel any pressure. I just post what I like. You haven't get talk about what I like on your posts. Yeah, but I, I have like a big shift in it since I've I've gotten rid of. I've been slowly taking away engagement groups because I used to have a lot of engagement groups, and you see a lot of people still doing this, where they have a lot of engagement groups and they're doing all this stuff, and you're putting all this effort into a platform. But I'm not really sure what the point is. I mean, I did it in, for a while, and then I just like, what is the point? What is the outcome? Is it making my experience any more? Is it making it richer? Is it making it, I don't know, better in any way for me? Not really. Like, there's not anything that's coming out of it. It's just making me have to, like, go through and make sure I don't get dinged every week or whenever when they do a check, you know? I mean, so, I'm, you know, we both did the same thing. I used to be in engagement groups, too. But the reason why I stopped using them is because I was like, I can't really tell what my posts are going to do without engagement groups. And yeah. that's really why... That's the main reason why I stopped because I wanted to I wanted to see who was paying attention to what I posted just without any engagement group, without yeah. any quote unquote help. Also, I didn't like the routine of having to go through the group and do all the like because it didn't feel authentic to me either for other people. Yeah. Doing it for other people. Yeah. And like I'm like I was going through and I was liking shit that I was like, what? Is this book? Yeah, and you're putting data into a system, and it's it's taking that data and turning it back out into a product, and because that's how the algorithm works, whether mm -hmm. we like the algorithm or not. And I I'm putting crap data in. I'm going to get crap data out. Like, what am I doing? Yeah. Like, I want to engage with people that read books that are like the books that I read, and I read a whole ton of books, and I need to somehow get the algorithm to understand why completely not niche down weird to an algorithm or a computer system collection of things that I like. Exactly. Right. So yeah, so I, it's been really freeing. And I think when you start just enjoying the things that you were reading and the things that you were creating and the things that you're putting out there and you don't give a shit when anybody thinks you have a much better time. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree.
It's been over a year since I quit the engagement groups and life has been better. Just mm-hmm. saying that extra level of like another task, ugh, gone. Yeah. It's, it's wonderful. It is wonderful. So it's been really nice. This week I got rid of like all of my last couple that I had. Mm-hmm. I haven't been engaging and um, it's just so nice. Yeah. The only one that I keep, but I don't tag um, is a uh, BIPOC bookstagram, but I want to stay in the group because that's how, that's how I find uh, bookstagrammers of color. <laughs> like, <laughs> So like I want to do something because right, like the I, algorithm is not going to help right. you. So like I want to stay. Like I don't I don't tag the group, but I want to stay in the group. Yeah. But this I is would, the group that they don't require you to engage every day. You only yeah. have to engage if, if you, you tag post. the group. No, if yeah. you tag the group. So, oh, even better. Right. So it allows me to still see BIPOC mm-hmm. bookstagrammers, but I don't have to like, you know, tag them in all my posts. Yeah, I wish there was more stuff for like translated works and like strictly fantasy and not like. I just follow the hashtags now, and that's been helping. And that's what I've been doing Mm -hmm. too. And I found that like I've been engaging a lot more there. And then I, I need to get rid of the other data because I think Mm -hmm. it's making it weird for the algorithm to suggest things to me. Well, I tell you what's happening since I've been following. Like I follow the translated fiction hashtags, translated like I follow all those hashtags, and my feed is changing. It is changing. It's, it's, it's just more it aligned with what time. I want. Yeah. It takes time for like all of the little mm-hmm. whatever is in the background. Exactly. To click into place and get you stuff. So yeah. Yeah. It's been, it's, it's, yeah. I know. I just right? don't just care. Really trying to curate your feed to be what you want it to be. And so yeah. like, I feel like I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Yeah. It's like growing a channel and all that other stuff. Like, I'm sure there's something I could do to grow the channel and break out and, like, whatever. But will I feel when I'm putting the time and effort into making that content, will I feel fulfilled making it if I'm making it for me or if I'm making it for something else? Mm-hmm. And I will probably feel more fulfilled if I'm making it for me. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. So when you're reading and you're putting all that time and effort into reading, read the things that make you feel feel, feel fulfilled as a person. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Great talk. Thank Great you. Talk. Good talk. Thank Let's you for go. listening to our TED talk. Okay. Go team. All right. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in, folks. We got to go. Bye. Well, we've come to the end of the show. Thanks so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. We kindly ask that you go to Apple Podcast and subscribe to our show and leave a review. That would help us out tremendously. Don't forget to follow TBR Lowdown on Instagram at TBR Lowdown and visit our website for show notes, the link to join our Discord book club, and other information at tbrlowdown.com. You can follow me, Naomi, on Instagram at BookLadyReads and follow Alyssa on Instagram at NerdyNurseReads. Thanks again for listening and for your support. Until next time.